Hi, I'm Gabriel Garcia. My wife, Legenska, and I have the privilege of pastoring Emmanuel Church here in Houston, Texas. We're excited that you're joining us here today on our podcast. We hope that we can connect with you in person, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., on our social media outlets at My Emmanuel Church, and on our website at myemmanuelchurch.com. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you. Enjoy. But this is week two of our series, Sounds of the Season. Uh, Sounds of the Season. And I'm liking this, this, this uh, series so far because I love Christmas music, like I mentioned before. And during the holiday season, we, we tend to experience a lot of joy. We associate it with joy. We associate it with, you know, lights and excitement and gifts and everything. But this season also can tend to be a very difficult season for others. Some people struggle with seasonal affective disorder, uh, a, a case of depression that happens around this time of year when it's winter and darker and, you know, because I know that throws all of us off when the sun goes down like at 5.30, you know, and it's just weird, you know. You're expecting it. It's like, man, it's late, and it's like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, what is going on with the day today? And so we, we struggle with that. Sometimes we, we struggle with memories that come up of people that, uh, we're missing during the holiday season, people that we've lost, people that uh, we, we, we no longer have in our lives. It can be a very difficult time of year for many. We might struggle with ourselves. I don't know about you, but this is also the time of year that we start thinking about January. What are my goals for next year? You know, but we also think about the failures that we had this year. And I wanted to read the Bible every day. And that didn't work out. I wanted to lose 20 pounds. No, didn't work out. Didn't exercise. Didn't eat better. Didn't do nothing that I said I was going to do. We think about our failures. And so it weighs heavy on us. And we start to think, well, what about next year? Is it Because, you know, we tend to be like, well, next year is going to be my year. Have you ever said that about yourself? Next year is going to be my year. But it becomes less and less potent to believe it when we say it every single year and then the next year is not your year. Because life happens and, and things become difficult and we, 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 our goals are, are farther out of reach than we think they are. And so it, it's hard. We can question ourselves. We can come to question our, our faith and our desire and things uh, that are happening this time of year, it, it's hard to sometimes see ourselves as we truly are or as God sees us. Today, I'm going to talk about the, the idea that we might feel during this season we're unworthy or worthless. Are we not, might not even be sure of ourselves, but how God has come to give us the sense of who we really are and who he wants us to be and what he's done for us during this season. The song, uh, the Christmas song for today is, I, I don't know if you've heard it, uh, it's called God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. It's an older song. You know, we're, we're doing some of the more like classic carols when it comes to Christmas. Uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And I know, like, I remember the other day we were, uh, we were talking about Christmas music at home, and I started singing a part of this song, and Leginsko was like, What? I've never heard, like, I've never listened to that part of the song because it starts off like, 
God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. You know, Christ came to save us from Satan's power. It's like, what? You know, like sometimes we don't think about what these songs say. There's another verse that I want to focus on in the song that says, From God our heavenly Father a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, O tidings of comfort and joy. And so today we're going to tie that scripture to the story in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 17. And this is the story of when Jesus, uh, he had just been born and God sends a messenger to an unlikely group of people. And these people were some shepherds. They were shepherds that nobody, that, and I'll talk about the shepherds in a minute, but peop, that shepherds were people that were kind of like outcasts in the world, in the world at that time. And so Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 17 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God. And saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, I ask that you speak to us today through your word, through your message, that you, we, we might find comfort and truth and hope in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Shepherds were an interesting group of people. Historically speaking, the people of Israel were shepherds. When, when we first find Abraham uh, and his family, whom God called out of their homeland, they were shepherds. They tended to flocks and livestock and sheep, and um, we continue to see that run throughout their family. When Abraham had his son Isaac, Isaac inherited all of that, and they were, he was also a shepherd. Isaac had two sons, and both of his sons, one of his sons tended to what, uh, uh, um, I forgot his name already, Isaac, uh, what Isaac already had, and the other, Jacob, went to work with his uncle as a shepherd. His family, the family that Jesus comes from, were all shepherds, like the very beginnings of the people of God were shepherds. And so, in, the time, uh, in that time, shepherds were seen as very respected people. They were respected for the, 
for, for what they did. They, they want, because they, they went through harsh things to protect their flocks and protect their sheep. And they were also tended to be very wealthy. Wealth in those days was, was designated by how many animals you owned and how much land you owned and stuff. And so that, that was one thing. But when the people of Israel entered into captivity, shepherds started to seem like very terrible people. They despised their beginnings and they became a, like outcast to the people. They didn't let shepherds in the time of Jesus graze their sheep near the city. They had to go far out from the city of Jerusalem because they were considered unclean. And the, the city of Jerusalem was a holy city. And they said, we can't have these people anywhere near Jerusalem. They need to go through the, the ritualistic cleanings and stuff before they can even enter into the city because they, they're, not, they're, they're not like us. They were outcasts, even though they're where the people of Israel started. And sometimes we forget about that. And, and we can feel like shepherds during this time of year. Maybe sometimes we feel like just because we've made mistakes or our year wasn't that great and we, we failed at some point along the way and, or Maybe we struggle with something in our lives that makes us feel like we're outcasts. We feel, we don't feel like other people. Like other people seem to have it all together, you know. And we don't. Other people seem to be happier than us. And we just can't seem to be happy. Other people seem to know what, where they're going in life. And we, we feel like we're just wandering, stuck in the middle of nowhere. And we can all feel like outcasts during the holiday season. And especially if we turn to social media, it's real easy to feel that way because your friends are all traveling and you're stuck at home. It can it be real fe easy to feel that way because people are get, like preparing these expensive gifts and all this stuff. It's like, oh, I bought all this stuff and I'm, you're struggling. It's like, I, how can they do that? How do they seem so happy? And so we struggle with these thoughts and ideas, or maybe we're, we're, we're struggling with addiction or sin in our lives, and we're, I can't, God, God can't use me, I can't be at church, I don't want to even step at church because I, I'm unworthy of God. I had a, there was a guy I knew in high school, I was going to say friend, but we were like acquaintances, I knew who he was, and um, he was an interesting guy. I feel like he would be pretentious just for the sake of being pretentious. When I knew him in middle school, he would use complicated or big words to sound smart. I don't know why. You know, he just wanted to. But I had always, at some point, he seemed like a nice guy. But at some point, you know, he went through a phase where he was like a goth kid. You know, every dressing in black and stuff like that. But I could tell there was always something off with him. You know, he... Um, he was he was an atheist at some point in his life. It came out to, and I and even worse. Sometimes I think that he was involved in some very satanic stuff. He would wear sometimes satanic symbols and things like that. And he would tell me one time. He told me he said, Gabriel. So what is this about Jesus? I hear you talking about Jesus. And so I had an opportunity to share with him Jesus. I think some some of us might feel like. I wouldn't want to share God with someone like that. They're definitely not worthy. And that's definitely how he felt. Because I told him about Jesus and who Jesus was and what he came for us to do. And he's like, 
Well, that sounds nice, but I think if I ever stepped into a church, I'd burst into flames. You know, some people have that feeling holding over their lives because that's what people have made it seem like. And we can be tempted to do the same to others because others have done the same to us. And we feel like, I, I can't be here. I don't even want to be here. I don't even know if I should be here. I don't know if I agree with everything the church says. I don't know if I like everything the church does. I don't know if I, does God care about me still in that kind of state? And we feel like outcasts, like shepherds, they were outcasts. And that's a very, very interesting picture that we find shepherds. Shepherds live difficult lives. You know, even today, modern shepherds. They, modern shepherds have not changed much in 2,000 years. They still do some of the same things. They take their flocks out into pastures, into the fields and hills, and graze their sheep or whatever it is that they shepherd. And they have to watch them because sheep tend to be not too smart. I, I, I've mentioned some of this before, but I don't know if you've ever read about sheep. Sheep are interesting creatures because they have some very good qualities about them and then some very weird qualities about them. They're not too smart in the fact that if they will be in a spot and there is no more grass, they will continue to eat and they will start eating to the, the dirt until they get like all kinds of problems in their bodies and then they die. They will follow each other off of cliffs. You know, there was a sheep. if a sheep is going and going and going and one of them just kind of falls off a cliff, they're going to keep going the same direction until someone tells them to stop. But sheep also have very uh, keen sense of hearing. They have good eyesight. They can see far, but they have bad depth perception. That's why I think that they just fall off cliffs. They got issues. They're like, oh, this is not as far away as it seems. So they need shepherds, and so shepherds, they, they, they watch the sheep, they take care of the sheep, and make sure that they can be okay, they make sure that they don't wander off. And so this picture is interesting because even though shepherds were seen as outcasts, Jesus often referred to himself as a shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. Even in the Old Testament, God often referred to himself as a shepherd. He said, I gave my my people to these shepherds and they're not taking care of them so I'm going to step in because I'm the good shepherd. So I'm going to take care of my people. So God identifies himself as an outcast. And I think that's really interesting. And that's how Jesus was. Jesus was an outcast. People did not like Jesus. I don't know if you know that. People don't like Jesus today for a lot of different reasons too. But Jesus was an outcast. In fact, um, in John chapter 1, verses 11 to 13, uh, he says of himself, he says, He came to that which was his own, but they did not receive him. He came to his own people, the people that he had chosen, that God had chosen for himself, and they rejected him. The people that should have recognized him rejected him. So Jesus was an outcast. This is how he saw himself. He said, I am the one that that loves everyone, that created everything, yet I have been rejected. And that's the reason why I can be a shepherd. Because I know what my sheep need. I know they're outcasts too. I know that they've been rejected. I know that they're feeling hurt and lost. And they, they might not be able to always see well. 
They might not be able, be able to always understand what's going on or know what's good for them. You know, like I said, sheep are kind of, sheep are a little bit dumb, and sometimes we are too. We keep doing the things that we know we shouldn't be doing. And the Apostle Paul even struggled. We look at the Apostle Paul, and he's like, we think about him as like one of the great heroes of the faith. And I think sometimes people put him on this high pedestal and forget that he said himself, I struggle to do the things that I know I'm supposed to do, the good things that I know I'm supposed to do. I can't just seem to do them in my life. And the things that I know I shouldn't be doing are the things that I end up doing. And Paul, I think, had a short temper. I don't think we really realized that about him, but I think he did. Because there was one time he had an argument with one of his friends. He was like, fine, let's split up. Bye. That was it. I don't even know how long it took, but it took a while, years probably, before he finally was like, okay, we good. He struggled with that. And yet, Paul was often considered an outcast. And he said, follow me as I follow Christ because I'm following the good shepherd. I might not be great. I might not be perfect. But I know that my shepherd knows what I need. More than what I know. Because we do that. We will struggle into the same things over and over again. Even when God has already freed us of something, we tend to go back to it. The people of Israel did that all the time. They had just been... Freed from slaves as Israel. God did many, many amazing miracles in the land of Egypt to set them free and to tear down the Egyptian empire. And they were out in the desert. They faced their first struggle. And they're like, we should have just gone back to Egypt and died there. You want us to die here in the desert? Constantly. I don't know how Moses dealt with those people because it was like every other week it was the same thing. Moses, we don't have food. God will give you food. Well, we had meat, not whatever this is, literally. And they were just like, we should have just gone back to Egypt. You want to be slaves again? Yes, they wanted to do that constantly. And we do that all of the time. And God knows so much better than we do. This good shepherd, he is looking out for us. He wants us to know that he has far better in store for us than we do. He wants us to know that even when we struggle, he doesn't leave our side. He wants us to know that when we can't seem to find our way, he'll guide us. And that he'll take care of us when we're hurting and broken. And sometimes he might give us a little bit of firm discipline to set us along our way. That was something that I didn't know about. Shepherds had like two kinds of staffs. And shepherds, they did a lot of things to their sheep. And so shepherds had two kind, like two kinds of staff. They had one that we know that we see like all the time with the little hook on the end. And that tended to be if, like, they caught a sheep, like, running off, they'd, like, snag it, like, oh, nope. And then they had another one that was, like, longer and straight. It was thicker. And if a sheep would run away and they'd have to go look for it, they'd break the sheep's legs and they'd carry it on its shoulder until the sheep's legs healed and the sheep would never run away again. They would learn. They would learn. And because they're like, I don't want to go through that again. I mean, yeah, no, no one would. 
They'd also take care of their sheep in terms of like, if they saw that they would get infections, they would put oil on their heads and bodies to keep flies away, to, to protect them from things that they didn't even know that they had to worry about. Shepherds always are looking out for the benefit of their sheep, but sometimes we think that God doesn't have what's, what God doesn't have in mind for us what's best. But he wants us to know that, that he's calling out to us, that he wants us to see that he, ha- he is a shepherd that is looking for us and taking care of us. A lot of times we think ourselves might be, think of ourselves as unworthy or are not worth God's time. And, or we might be thinking, you know, I have to do all the work to get to God. But in Luke chapter 15, 3 to 7, Jesus tells a story. And it says, Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and go homes. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and say, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents and then over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus is that good shepherd, and he wants us to know that he, is, he went out of his way to already look for us. When we, when we thought we, we, we weren't worth it, when we thought that we couldn't ever find God or get to God or, or, or do anything right to be good, Jesus himself, the good shepherd, went out of his way to look for us. That's why we sing that song. That he leaves the 99. He leaves the others and says, I need to find my lost son. I need to find my lost daughter. I need to save them. He did the work already. This story represents that God looks for us because he doesn't see the same value that we see ourselves. He doesn't put that same value on us because we'll, we'll look at ourselves and we'll look at our mistakes. We'll look at our past. We look at what we're doing right now. We look at what we can't accomplish. We look at what we don't have. And we see ourselves as unworthy. But see, Jesus, he looks at that and he looked at the shepherds like that on that night. And he says, these are the perfect messengers for today. The outcasts. The ones that nobody wants. The ones that nobody wants to be around. These are the messengers that I chose to deliver the first Christmas message. He he called out to them. He showed them angels and terrified them in the middle of the night to tell them that you are the ones that I want to tell this for. There were so many options he could have told. He could have told the priests in the temple. He didn't. He could have told the religious leaders of Israel. He could have had angels appear to them, and maybe that would have saved them the trouble of actually like, figuring out who he was. Because that's what they were trying to do. Even they were trying to figure out Jesus. Is this the Messiah? I don't know about this guy. But he didn't. He didn't come to, he didn't come to the important people. He didn't appear to, to the Roman Caesar. He didn't appear to any of those people. Instead, he found a group of shepherds out in the middle of the night that nobody wanted to be around. And said, these are the ones that are going to carry the first message of Christmas. The first gospel preachers. He told them, here's the Savior. He is born. 
I didn't even tell them that I want you to go out. They did that of themselves. They were so excited and ecstatic that God had chosen them, called them out when no one else wanted to, and told them, you get to see the Messiah. That they went throughout the countryside telling people, he's here. It's time. It's time. He is arrived. The Savior is here. See, God, God looked for us. God went out of his way to find us. Because in his eyes, we're not unworthy. We're worthy. We're worth it. We're worth the sacrifice that he came to make. That he came to give his life in exchange for ours. We're worth that sacrifice. And yes, even with all of our problems, our issues, our sins, our struggles, our addictions, our brokenness, all of that, he takes into account and says, yes, you are worth it. He doesn't see you as a failure. He sees you as a work in progress. He doesn't see you like you do. Some of us, you know, we look in the mirror in the morning and it's like, man, I'm ugly. No, he says, that's my son, that's my daughter, you're beautiful. He doesn't see us as lost. He just sees us as someone who needs a little bit of guidance. He doesn't see us as someone who is unworthy, but sees us as someone who is worthy to deliver the greatest message of love in the history of everything. So he calls us out and he tells us, you you're my shepherds now. You're the ones that were outcast, but I've brought into my family. You're the ones that I have brought into the, this new kingdom, this new story. And I can't wait for you to get an opportunity to share this with others. In the time of season where we, where people are struggling with darkness over their lives, we have a message of hope. That they have hope in their lives. That they can find hope in Jesus even when their life doesn't seem like it makes sense. Even when they're struggling with, the, with depression or anxiety or worries or troubles or, or their health. Or even when they feel like no one loves them. This is the season that we have the message of hope to the world to tell them that yes, someone does. It's Jesus. And he has given us so much of an opportunity to help people this season. And that's what it's all about. And I'm about to finish right here. Because God, what I want to close out with today is this. You might not think. You might not think that you have anything to offer this world. But Jesus has given you a gift that he wants you to share with everyone. You might not think you have anything to offer. I don't got talents. I don't got gifts. I, I can't sing. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't preach. Me neither. No, I'm kidding. I hope, I hope I can. That's what I do every week for a living. We might think these things about ourselves. I, I don't have anything to offer God. There's a famous shepherd, King David, that everybody also counted out. 
this is just a shepherd boy. What can he do? And he looked at him and says, oh, what can I do? I'll tell you, because God has given me this opportunity as a shepherd to live this. It's a harsh life. But with my own hands, I've encountered enemies that wanted to kill me and kill my sheep. And through God, he has delivered me from the mouths of the lions, the mouths of the bears, the mouths of the wolves. Everything that comes after me, he has taken care of me and he has taken them down. And he can do the same for others. The ones that counted David out. The people that counted David out are the same people that counted out Jesus. And Jesus, the, those same people, the same, they're in the same vein of thought are the people that count you out today. But God is telling us today, I have chosen you. I have loved you. You might not think, I don't have anything great to offer. He's not looking for something great for you to offer. He's already offered the best. You just come as yourself and do what you can where you're at. These shepherds, they, they just did what they could where they were at, in the town that they lived in, and they told everyone they could about Jesus. So he wants us to do the same where you're at. We have been loved and we have been given so much that we can offer this hope to others this season. Would you stand with me this afternoon? If you are struggling this today, I want to let you know that we're here to pray for you today. And the altars are open. The space is here for you to come connect with God and where we can call out to him. And I just pray today, I'm going to pray for us today, that we might be able to trust in what God sees in us over what we see in ourselves. To believe his truth is the only truth that matters in our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for sending Jesus to us and choosing us, the ones that are outcast, the ones that believe you, the ones that, that no one, that others might have counted out, God. But today, we want to believe you. We feel, we might feel like outcasts. We might feel like nobody wants us or loves us or cares for us. But today, remind us that you do. You've loved us. You've chosen us. You've called us. You've given us a name, your name. You've given us your love, your son, to change our very existence, to bring us up from the darkness, to heal us from our brokenness, to save us, God, from our sin, our addictions, and our troubles. You came to walk with us on this earth through it all as you work in our lives. Father, if there is anyone that, that hears this today and they need that in their lives today, I pray with them that they pray this prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. I need you, Jesus. 
I give you my life. And we pray that they may be welcomed into the family of God and they might find hope in you, Lord. We bless you, God. We bless you. If you enjoyed today's message, like and share it on social media and subscribe so you don't miss anything. If you'd like to support our church as we work to accomplish our mission of reaching our city and our world, go to myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.